What's up, people? How you doing? It's your man, Tim Black, and we are back with another episode of Tim Black's Black Table. This is episode number 30. We are doing it, man. This is a full commitment from the Tim Black show to you. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Tim Black's VIP section. That's right, the Tim Black community, we want to appreciate you for your support to become a member of the Tim Black VIP group. Go to jointimblack.com, sign up, become a member today, support independent media, support the Tim Black podcast and the Tim Black show. You are an integral part of what we do without you. We can't continue to do this. So tell a friend about what's happening. We got a black podcast telling you what's happening in the world, what you need to know, and how it impacts our black community. Tim Black's Black Table. Become a member. Do it today. Now, on tonight's episode, we have Dr. Cornell West taking charge, doing what he does. He's got a great segment there. I got a couple Cornell West updates and segments included in this broadcast. We also have... Some fallout in the GOP race. A little shaking up going up over there. We're going to bring you up to speed with what's happening with the Republicans, how a couple of people dropped out, and how Donald Trump, what he's doing, what's happening with him, and how those charges have impacted him in the nomination. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, how black folks are moving away from the Democratic Party, folks. Yes, it's happening. You don't want to miss it. It's episode number 30. Let's get into this, and remember, it's a new day. Anybody heard the story, Alaska Airlines? Alaska Airlines was almost a catastrophe when a co-pilot, or a pilot that's actually a pilot, who was taking one plane to get to another plane he was supposed to take out on the air. Okay, so that's the thing about it. This co-pilot by the name of Joseph Emerson, Joseph David Emerson, he tried to crash the plane while it was in the air. Tries to crash the plane. He grabs the controls and tries to put it into a mode where the engines would shut off. It took them about 90 seconds to get this guy under control, get him out of the cockpit, because he was in the cockpit. So when you're a pilot and you're riding on these planes and you're like giving it, you're getting a basically an Uber to your real job. They let you sit in the cockpit because they trust you. They trust you because you are a pilot for the airline. And what this guy do, he lost his marbles. He tries to grab the plane and tries to crash the plane. So it's a crazy thing, man. This is very, very horrifying what took place. Now, here's the thing. He almost succeeded, which is what's really freaking me out is that this guy almost took the whole plane down. So there are controls that you can levers and safety mechanisms that if you enact them, the engines will stop even if you are in the air. I would really like to know what kind of plane is it that has such sophisticated gadgetry that you can cut off the engines in the air and the plane not know that it's flying. We got smartphones, but we got dumb planes. We got AI for everything, but the plane doesn't know it's in the air when this guy's cutting the engine? And anybody, any moron, any any person, any any person off their medication can grab controls and just cut the engines off in the air? So this is crazy. So once they subdue him, they take him out of the cockpit, thank God. 
They put him in another area. And what does he do? He tries to open up the doors and walk out in the sky, which we know will be a catastrophe in the air for the plane. So, so, here, so here it goes, guys. So there is a story. There's a reason why he did all this. He did all this because, well, he has problems. Lack of sleep and substance abuse. Emerson had reportedly not slept for 40 hours and had discussed using psychedelic mushrooms prior to the incident. Yeah, he was off the mushrooms, guys, and he was very tired. So he decided he would try to kill 81 people. He's been charged with 81 counts of attempted murder, by the way. Actions on the flight. While sitting in the cockpit's jump seat, Emerson engaged in casual conversation with the pilots before allegedly attempting to activate the plane's emergency fire suppression system, which would have cut the fuel to the engines. The emergency landing. The flight originally en route from Everett, Washington to San Francisco was diverted to Portland, Oregon. That's where they took Emerson into custody. Uh, actually, it wasn't 81 counts. It's 83 counts. Those extra two counts count because those are people's lives. So 83 counts of attempted murder. He appeared in court and pleaded not guilty through his attorney. He's awaiting a releasing. He's, a, he's awaiting a release hearing. What you mean a release hearing? Are you trying to suggest that somehow this guy's going to get out of jail during this process? I don't, isn't it crazy how they treat some people? It's, it's wild. This guy tried to crash a plane with people on it that don't know him, who never did him a bit of harm, and this guy's not dangerous? Authorities, including the FBI, are investigating the incident and considering whether it was influenced by substance use, a mental health crisis, or other factors. Okay, so here we go, guys. Um, Alaska Airlines expresses disturbance over the incident. Oh, that's nice. Alaska Airlines is disturbed by what happened. Everybody's disturbed by what happened. Uh, they're wondering whether the flight attendants and gate agents are trained to identify signs of impairment. Here's the thing, guys. This guy was also going through some traumatic issues. His wife said he's been depressed. And, but she never imagined he would try to hurt someone in his right mind. He would never try to hurt anyone. He's a really nice guy. Joseph's really kind. But on this particular day, Joseph tried to kill 83 people, including himself. No, 83 people plus himself. So I don't know how nice Joseph is. Couple things that irk me about this story. One is... I want to be human, and I want to say, okay, I understand you're going through a traumatic situation. The problem is, this could have turned out traumatic for everyone. And I understand the wife saying her husband is depressed. Maybe that's the time you pick up the phone and you call somebody and let someone know that your husband is going through some type of depression and you just don't know, like, what's up with him? I mean, I can't imagine it's just the mushrooms. I don't think I've ever been on mushrooms. Been on some, I mean, when I was a kid, we tried stuff. I never tried to wreck a plane. Here's the thing, though, guys. 
And as bad as the story is, as horrible as the story is, I want to know what you think. It's just another reminder of how our mental health system is garbage. So yeah, we look at the guy, we say this guy is, what he did, what he almost accomplished here was horrific on so many levels. You, I, anyone, any one of us, anyone we love could have been on that plane that day. And this guy could have succeeded. He almost succeeded in killing everyone. But at the end of the day, if the guy has a mental health issue, he's a pilot, what kind of checks and balances are there for pilots? I have no idea. But we do know, we live in a country where mental health is a joke. And everybody wants to blame mental health when someone does something, but before they do something, and we got all the opportunity in the world to take steps with our system, the politicians don't want to do it. The politicians don't want to work harder at getting, getting that included or getting that subsidized to our federal government. Though we know, we know most of cases, most cases, when there's a police shooting, when there's an incident like this, it's due to mental health. Mental health or substance abuse. And I'm putting mental health beneath substance abuse. Because once you become impaired with drugs, and that's a routine thing, right? It's going to require mental health interventions to treat that effectively. So that's my thing with Joseph Emerson. It's just, it's, it's, it's as it always is. Too little, too late. And all we're going to do is punish this one guy. We're not going to change the system which created the circumstances that will make us more, all more safer. That's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is we're going to get this guy some time. Some of us are going to cheer and go, good, he got time. But at the end of the day, he needed help. He didn't get that help. And how many other people need that type of help and are in charge of things like planes and trains and automobiles? So we're trying to think big picture here. And this is why when I say, hey, we need to support some type of universal health care, it's not because I'm a bleeding heart liberal who just wants to give that bunch of, away a bunch of free stuff. I want people who have problems like Joseph Emerson not to kill my kids. See, when the goofies, when the goofies are running around on Twitter and all across social media with no context, no real deep thought about what they're saying. They just pick sides. And they say whatever they've heard so many times. But at the end of the day, Johnson, at the end of the day, giving health care, uh, allowing health care for all citizens would save so many citizens' lives. And it's not until it's your son, or it's your daughter, your wife, your husband, your father, your mother, your children. Do you, you know, do you really... Do you really think about the importance of it? See, after it happens, it's too late. This is a warning shot. This is an opportunity. Will it be treated as an opportunity? I think not. Put it in the comment section what you think, Johnson. Am I wanting something? Am I losing it? Or do I have a point? All right, next story, guys. It is what it is. Boom, 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 boom. We got Trump. We got Trump, Trump, Trump. Let's do Trump. Okay. So the race for the presidency, the race for, not, not, we're not there yet, Tim. Calm down. Donald Trump is doing really well in the polls. He's killing it. 
He's killing it. The more indictments he get, it's just like Scooby Snacks. It's like Popeye spinach. If you're too young for that, it's like it's like a third. I don't know. It's like a it's like a third lung, so he can hell deeper on the weed. I don't know. It's like it's like what gears him up. It's a power up. That's it. It's a power up. It makes him more invincible. It seems. His numbers just keep going up, Johnson, and Biden's numbers keep dropping. Yeah, his numbers keep dropping. And the latest, the latest drop for the Democrats, I'm sorry, the latest drop for the Republicans this time, Republicans, because there is another party, you know, a lot of independent media doesn't cover much of the Republicans, but there is some news on the Republican side of the aisle today. Let's get to that a little bit. Mike Pence dropped out. He dropped out of the race. He's no longer running for the presidency. Some of you are wondering, who the hell is Mike Pence? You think I'm tripping, right? Mike Pence is not a popular guy. A lot of people don't know Mike Pence even running. It's like, Mike Pence, wasn't he with Trump? Yeah, for those that even know that. You know, so Mike Pence dropped out, and here, here it is. He ended this campaign. Uh, his polls suck. His fundraising suck. He sucks. He's uninteresting. And it's embarrassing almost because he was about to not be able to make the debate stage. So the third installment of the Republican debates is coming up. And instead of looking shamefully uh, bad in the presence of Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, I know they're going to make it to the next debate. Nikki Haley, for instance, uh, he was not going to be able to participate. And, And to save face and also have an opportunity maybe to run in the future, when there's less people running or less Trump, when there's no more Trump running, maybe he get a shot. So he decided to bow out of the race. Despite his efforts to connect with voters and clarify his actions on January 6th, see, people blamed him for that. Pence struggled to gain traction, even in states like Iowa, demographics seemingly favorable to his political stance. So we got a lot of moderates in Iowa, moderate Republican-type folks. He was still polling so badly. None of it was working for him. His campaign finances, it also reflected his struggles with a modest amount in the bank and growing debt. So he was underwater in so many ways, it was like a no-brainer, like, Pence, sit it down. Sit it down if you want any type of political future. And I try to tell people, man, being the vice president is a sucker's job. It's a thankless job. It doesn't have much power at all, except leading the, the Senate, you know, a leader in the Senate maybe, as far as votes and being able to whip the votes and stuff. But at the end of the day, people don't, you get none of the credit for things when they go well. You get all the credit when things go bad. And you just, you're like annihilated with no flavor. You know? Or maybe like the gum when you first put in a, put in a big red, you're chewing a big red, it's like, oh, I like this big red. Big Red tastes good, this hot cinnamon. This is good stuff. You ever had Big Red? Well, you know, about 20 chews in, the cinnamon's gone. And you're still chewing. That's Mike Pence. Not only is that Mike Pence, that's every vice president that's ever been. Except for Dick Cheney. And Dick Cheney was a jackass. So... Now, Mike Pence says he's going to remain politically active. He's not through being milquetoast. 
uh, advancing American freedom, he calls it. We call it being Miltos, being a soft white supremacist. Oh, there goes those words. And he has a book scheduled for release next month. <laughs> Not to be outdone. Not to be outdone, though, guys. I know you guys are going to run out and get the Mike Pence book, right? Can't wait to hear what Mike Pence has to say. Said no one anytime, anywhere in the history of people. Now, no one cares about Mike Pence, man. Mike, Mike Pence is like, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of a horrible actor. Uh, God, he's bad. No, no one's interested in Mike Pence. He's a, he's just a, he's a, what's that thing that no player, non-player character or something, NPC, that's it. One of those people just walking around picking stuff up, putting it over there while you're playing your game. It's a guy in the background. That's Mike Pence. Not to be outdone, another Republican joined him. I can't remember who went first. But everyone, I want everyone to be prepared because I don't want anyone's feelings to be hurt. It's going to be a sudden shock to some of you. Larry Elder dropped out. Larry Elder drops out of the presidential race for the nomination for the Republican Party. And wow, who even knew Larry was running? Yeah, who knew Larry was running? I didn't know he was running for president. I thought he was running from black people. Yeah, man, running from the blacks. <laughs> running from running from his own color. That's it. Running from his own skin. Uh, Larry Elder, this guy, man, this guy's horrible, man. Um, he dropped out because he just couldn't get any support. And this guy has a lot of name recognition. He's been having for, for imagine for 30 years throwing black people under the bus and couldn't get on a single debate stage. Man, I know he just couldn't believe he couldn't get on that debate stage. He just sat back, sat back with great ways to throw black people under the bus. He had them all written down. He had that list of things to say about black people. If he just could have got the mic, if he'd have made one debate, he could have rose up in the rankings. Yeah, man, he's sitting back thinking, okay, Chicago. Chicago and crime. Fatherlessness. Yeah, black people without fathers. That works good. The whites love when I say that. Um, actors and football players. Yeah, go after sports athletes. White people resent the black people are making money. This is good. Go after them. Blame them for everything. And what else? Uh, hip-hop. Got to go after the hip-hop. So he had his list of you know stuff to say. At the debates, I know he sat back watching Tim Scott use his material. Oh, God, there you go. Using my thing. I was going to say that about slavery being a great training program. Gosh, man. Tim Scott's using all my material, him and Vivek. You know he was living. It's like, I'm the number one coon. What are you doing taking my spot? You're doing me right now. <laughs> Get your own stick, said Larry Elder. So anyway, um, Larry, Larry's a cautionary tale, man. Imagine for 30 years throwing black people under the bus, and then when your opportunity came, you couldn't get on the stage to do it in front of the whole world like you wanted. Uh, him and um, him and Herschel Walker. 
Maybe they can go hang out and write, you know, write a book or have a love child or something. I don't know. Go do something together. <laughs> go do something together that's uh, constructive. You know, something constructive. Those guys are. Uh, Larry Elder, y'all. Larry Elder. Larry Elder's probably somewhere Larry Eldering, but uh, it won't be on the debate stage. That's for damn sure. And it will not be in the primaries. That's right. He's out of there. And, uh, but he did something on his way out the door that's interesting for folks. And I know you didn't see it coming. He endorsed Trump. Yeah, he endorsed Donald Trump. And that, look, come on, what else was he going to do? He's got to have some type of job security. So, um, and Trump made, made, you know, he made comments about it. So Trump was in a rally. He, you know, he's been doing a lot of rallies, by the way. Trump has never stopped. This is one of the reasons why his numbers keep going up and up. He's killing it. He's like lapping, lapping anybody else in the Republican field. It's because Trump stays on the road. He was in Nevada, and he criticized Joe Biden during his speech. He made fun of President Joe Biden's physical mishaps, particularly focusing on instances where Biden tripped while boarding or disembarking the presidential plane. Trump suggested that Biden now uses a simpler set of stairs. A simpler set of stairs. That's harsh, man. How hard can stairs be? One's higher than the other. I thought all stairs were the same, right? <laughs> um, he likened them to children's stairs. <laughs> he also engaged the audience in choosing a derogatory, derogatory term, derogatory term for Biden. Ultimately deciding on crooked Joe. He's come on, see. Now you're just phoning it in, Trump. It's crooked Hillary. Now it's crooked Joe. I thought it was Sleepy Joe. That wasn't all. Trump also set his sights on Nikki Haley. Trump divided Nikki Haley, former ambassador to the United Nations and South Carolina governor. He called her bird brain. He criticized her for running against him despite previously stating she would support his presidential bid. Yeah, they're all opportunistic jackasses, man. That's it. Everybody's just playing the game and say whatever they need to say. Politics is so dirty, man. So now she hates him. But before, she was like, ah, that's my guy. Because she, cause she's so popular, you don't want to attack him. You want to stay on his good side. And now I guess that's over. Uh, remarks on DeSantis. Trump acknowledged Governor DeSantis as a formidable opponent, though he claimed DeSantis is far, far behind him in the polls. Two fars. Far, far behind him in the polls. Trump described DeSantis' campaign as dropping like a falling bird. <laughs> Drop like a rock. He also revealed that his campaign was ready to attack DeSantis as soon as there was an indication he would run. So they saw DeSantis doing this thing over there in Florida, and they said, yeah, time to go get him. When discussing his campaign, Trump said, uh, 
He attributed attributed to poor lighting, preventing him from reading his prepared remarks. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he also mentioned the endorsement he received, he received from Larry Elder. Uh, Trump expressed uncertainty about receiving an endorsement from his former vice president, Mike Pence, who has suspended his campaign earlier that day. Uh, here goes the event data, previous event and polling data. Before this event, Trump has spoken at the Republican Jewish Coalition gathering. He is reported to be leading in the primary polls with 56.9% of the vote ahead of his rivals, DeSantis, Haley, Ramaswamy, and Pence. Trump used this event to assert his dominance on the field and to do a victory lap and make fun of them. You know, you don't have to be a Trump supporter to marvel at his ability to cater to his audience. I mean, think about it. Who's Biden catering to? Nobody. Yeah, no, but Biden's numbers are like 37%. That's like lower than low. <laughs> I, I, that's horrible. It's like, why even be here? So if Demo- Democrats are pissed off, man, and you know they, they're attacking third-party candidates, independent party candidates, independent candidates, they're attacking everything except the root problem. It's like you're going in with a broken arm and they're looking at your feet. You know, they, they don't want to deal with what's actually causing it, the pain. And the pain is Biden. That's the pain. And we all saw it coming. We knew it. Biden was elected to get rid of Trump. No one expected this guy to still be in the House. But they used, they ran Kamala as the vice president, and now they got nowhere to go. And now we got this guy, Daniel Phillips, a milquetoast, boring-ass Republican Democrat, him along with Jank Uger. And on a side note, guys, these two guys running against Biden, why am I not hearing as much pushback? Why isn't anyone saying that they're endangering democracy? That they're betraying the country? Why isn't anyone going up to Dan, uh, Phillips, Dean Phillips? What's his name? Daniel Dean? I don't know his name. I'm getting them mixed up with other, other milk toast people. Why is no one going up to him and saying, hey, you're ruining the country. You're selling this all out. No, nah, because they only do that for certain candidates that actually have something. You know, like RFK or Cornell, not to Cornell West. I mean, come on, guys. I had to hear it from so many people that said they were independent thinkers, guys, that Cornell West, after Cornell West running was a bad idea and that someone put him up to it. Why isn't anyone saying that shit to to Jank Uger. Who put you up to this, man? You owe, you owe a bookie or something? You got some debt to clean up? What? Why isn't anyone saying this to Jank Uger? Does anyone think Jank Uger has a chance in hell? Huh? Does he have a snowball chance in hell? No. Is he doing this for ego? Yes. Does he have some radical policies that just must be stated on the world stage? No. But I'm not hearing it. No, I'm not hearing it. Now, maybe it's out there. I'm just, not, I'm just not paying attention. It's possible. I'm going to leave it there, guys, but just know this. Trump's the person to beat in this. Biden's beating himself. 
Biden's beating himself. Biden's, Biden is a loser. He stinks. He's a loser. Okay? Trump's the guy you got to worry about. That's it. The way things are going, you guys, all you want to do is take dumps on my guy, Dr. Cornell West. You don't realize you're just helping Trump. He's not helping Trump. You're helping Trump because there is no helping Biden. Biden is, he's gone. He's gone. You ever lose someone in your life? As much as you want them to come back, as sad as it is, they're gone. I've had to face that. Democrats need to face that about Biden. Biden's gone. You're seeing a ghost. All he could do now is waste a lot of money and bring you to an ending of disappointment. That's what Biden's going to do. And not because I'm saying these words, but because it's true. Okay? I'm not making it true by saying it. I'm not psychic, but I'm paying attention. I've been doing this too long. Biden, Biden will lose. It was a one-shot deal that people came out for him. They're not going to come out for him again, okay? The blacks, we was, we were like, oh, my God. You, you convinced a lot of black people that the Republicans were going to put you back in chains. That was like the talking point. I remember Biden used that one time. All oh, the Republicans, they're going to put you back in chains. He, he actually said that shit. And no one called him out. He actually said the Republicans will have you back in chains. He's, he literally said that out of his mouth. Yeah, no one quotes that one. They like using the, you know, the common one with Charlemagne. You ain't black. But they forget the one that, that, that one. To me, that was much worse. They gonna put you back in chains. Because it's that fear tactic BS that they like to use on us. The thing is, it's not gonna work this time. It's not working. And the numbers show it. The numbers show black people moving away. Black people are moving away. <laughs> Black people are fed up. <laughs> All right. All right. Having fun. We're having a good time. Everybody having a good time. Are you getting the news, but you're getting it in a different way? Is it, is it good? Okay. Check this out, guys. I don't know what's been going on with my laptop. Maybe it needs to be a... I need to be replaced. Dr. Cornel West. Dr. Cornel West is running for the for the uh, presidency. He's not a part of the Democratic Party. He's not running as a Democrat. He's running as an independent. That's what he's doing. And one thing, he, one thing about Dr. West is he's very consistent. He's consistently in support of Palestinians in the same way he supports Israeli children. The same way he supports all children, because that's what Christians do. I don't know what these people are who don't understand how religious, you know, religious folks, it's in the Bible. Love your neighbor, love this, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Everywhere he goes, he basically says the same things. Recently, Dr. West went on the Chris Cuomo News Nation show, and he stood up. He stood up like the fighter I know he is. Here goes the clip of Dr. Cornell West with Chris Cuomo.
terrorism is defined by killing innocent people and terrorizing people. Yes. The Israeli Defense Forces have done it. Hamas have done it. Both are immoral in that sense. So I'm not d defending the killing of innocent people. These kids aren't accusing people. Hamas now, there may of genocide. Be people who do. They're accusing Israel. No, but but a place what, that was targeted what, what, by genocide. What is happening? No, but what is happening right now, brother? And let us be honest. If there were a Palestinian occupation of Jews, if Jews were in Gaza and Palestinians cut off water, food, electricity, bombing and killed 2,300 precious J Jewish babies, which side would the American government be on? Which side would the American press be on? It would be completely different. I try to be morally consistent and say, I'm against the Palestinian occupation of Jews because Jews are precious. I'm against an Israeli occupation of Palestinians because Palestinians are precious. But when you flip that other way, all of a sudden we become, it becomes very clear that the Palestinian lives really don't count in the way that Jewish lives do for the American government. And that's what I will, will never succumb to. Why? Because I'm trying to be a decent human being and also, as you know, as a Christian, each one of those precious human beings are made in the image and likeness of God, and I'm going to stay in contact with the humanity of each, and I'm going to be critical, and I'm going to condemn any group that kills innocent people. Those are war crimes, my brother. Yes, I get it. Um, and the context here has a lot of different levels. But nobody's arguing yes. what precipitated this event. October 7th precipitated the event. You say, well, but October 7th was justified, but everything came before it. I say terrorism is never justifiable because we didn't make that case on 9-11. Well, no, no, there was I'm a lot of justified. reasons to say yeah, America no, had done the wrong put... thing in the region. But when al-Qaeda hit us on 9-11, it wasn't therefore justified in an understood human reaction to suffering. It was terrorism, and we went into the yes. wrong country and killed everyone we saw, and the college campuses weren't blowing up like this. Do you believe anti-Semitism? is rearing its head in America. But, 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 well, I mean, with anti-Semitism, we know anytime you have Jews in a Christian civilization and an Islamic civilization, you're going to have Jewish hatred. That's why we got to be against Jewish hatred, the hating of Jews, but no matter what. But why are universities allowing Nobody, no, but, but, but don't put words in my mouth and other people's mouths. When we talk about precious Palestinian humanity, Precious Palestinian resistance. There has been nonviolent forms of resistance, and the Israeli Defense Forces shot them down, my brother. Martin Luther King's spirit was invoked. We tried to promote that. They shot them down. What did South Africa do when they shot them down? What did Nelson Mandela do? He formed a guerrilla group. But what did he do? He attacked only military sites. He didn't rip the breasts off women and he mutilate attack, babies he and rape old people. women until he broke their he, bones. He, he, that's right. That's right. That's exactly right. That's the difference between the ANC and Hamas. That the, And Hamas, like any other group, I'm not targeting Hamas you at should. all. And I'm not justifying Hamas. But what I'm trying to do is this. I'm trying to get people to say that if you're really concerned about the violence across the board and the barbarity mm. across the board, you're going to have to understand the history of the vicious, ugly, I don't atrocious disagree. war crimes I don't disagree. I don't disagree. We've got to be honest. Read, 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 read Norman Fickelstein's book on Gaza and get a sense of what's I, going on. I don't on. disagree that, the there, is, the background. that That's there is the point. a sadness that approaches madness in terms of what has happened in Palestine uh, for many decades. It's, There's no question uh, that better should be absolutely. demanded of the region Absolutely. And of all the allies. And also, Cornell, 
I would never put words in your mouth or anybody else's. I bring you on out of respect no, that, well, to have a conversation. I, I understand. All right. I do. And, I, I, and you're I welcome understand. back that, again. That's why I was just trying to correct and Always. say I would never say they're justifying. We got to be honest about our morality being consistent. Understood. But also understand there's rich humanity among Palestinians Understood. and Israelis and trying to understand how vicious that occupation. We got to cease fire. We got to exchange the hostages. We've got to end the siege and we've got to end the occupation and see how these Jewish and Palestinians can live together some way, I, somehow. The, what a pipe dream is still worth pursuing. The goal is uh, absolutely the right one. How we get to it is what the conversation needs to be with as little animus, especially in this country, uh, when we should be having our eyes on the goal, not who to blame, as we're seeing right now. Cornell West, thank you for having the conversation. I wish you well, as Indeed. always. Indeed. Thank you. All right. All right. Dr. West stood up for himself there. He stood up for himself. He, he demonstrated his ability to not let that shit slide. He didn't let it slide. Chris Cuomo should be ashamed of himself. He did say he justified Hamas's attacks, which we all know was a lie. Once again, you know, I had no problems with people not preferring Dr. Cornel West. I disagree with you, but I have no problems with you doing that. You can choose other people. It's a free world. And you can have a different opinion about Israel and about Palestinians. But it's when people put words in your mouth, when people just lie, when people just smear, that's when I have a problem. I don't, I don't, I don't respect a lot of people who are, who are in the politics. That's just a fact. But the ones I do respect, I respect them for a reason. Now, Cornell West, he tries to be as, as consistent and as, is as consistent as I've seen anyone be on Palestinians, on wars, intervention, imperialism, colonization, colonial uh, apartheid, whatever they got going on, whatever you want to call it. Whatever this atrocity is we got going on in Israel, Dr. West stood up and took lumps and sacrificed and lost money and opportunities and positions because of it. And I don't see that happening with a lot of folks. So Dr. West, he stood up here once again and reiterated a hundred times, it feels like. Just because you support Palestinians, does that mean you support Hamas? Just because you support Palestinians... Just because you want a ceasefire does not mean you support Hamas. It means stop shooting. It means stop this war. Stop this. And, and look, and if you weren't calling for this to end, this occupation of Israel to end, then you help, you help put us here. That's the other thing people aren't saying. Because people, and I, look, I understand how dangerous it can be to your career. What I'm saying is if you're in the news business and you're afraid to lose your position, maybe you're in the wrong career. That's right. Maybe you're in the wrong career is all I'm saying. See, the problem we have in America and the problem we have with independent media and the problem we got with corporate media is everyone's got a microphone, but only very few of us have what's called a backbone. So whether it's the IDF or Hamas, 
when you target innocent people, when you kill innocent people, that's called what? It's called a war crime, no matter who's doing it. That's a war crime. But what happens to people like Chris Cuomo and so many others who are even worse than Chris Cuomo on this, they want to frame it as if there's only one group that's killing innocent people. And we know, just all we got to do is look at the numbers. So the latest trick that they're doing now is they're saying the numbers aren't correct. The numbers are suspect. Yeah, that's Joe Biden's way. Which And we all know Joe Biden ain't running anything. Joe Biden's taking, he's taking marching orders, okay? But that's the latest tactic is to say, no, nah, it's not really that many children being killed. It's not 4,000, it's 2,000. You, you hear how sadistic these people are? And right now they're still bombing Gaza. Not Hamas. They're bombing Gaza. I said last week, guys, and if you missed it, look, there, there are horrible people in our country. America has gangs in every state, in every city. They call cops. We got Klan, Nazis. We got all types of people in every city, in every state in this country. I've never heard anybody say, oh, I know a way to get rid of them. Let's bomb Kentucky. Let's bomb Alabama, let's bomb Mississippi. No, that's not our solution. So why is, that so, why is that a reasonable, feasible solution in Gaza? See how simple that is? So now, be consistent and say, hey, we don't want, we don't, we're not trying to get rid of neo-Nazis or we're not trying to get rid of Nazis or Klan members out of, out of Oklahoma by bombing Oklahoma, bombing, re-bombing Tulsa all over again, right? Then it doesn't make sense to bomb in Gaza. That's it. That's all. So I'm just glad Dr. West stood up for himself three, four times. He always does, but I mean, this time he had to, because Chris made the assertion, and then he tried to talk over Cornell, Dr. West. He tried to talk over him. So Wes had to, hey, okay, I'm going to answer your question, but let's go back and make sure we clean this up. Because there are people that were, are detractors of Dr. West. If you did not force the issue and go back, even though Dr. West has a long track record of not justifying any hate group, they would still try to pin it on him. So, yeah. So, folks... Be clear, be clear, man. There are those who are going to say it's anti-Semitism for him to even say that that a, the life of a Palestinian child has as much value as the life of a, as an Israeli child. He didn't say one was more important than the other. And the fact that that's a problem, that you can't even say that. And let's be clear, guys. Black Americans, black folks, we never said we're... It's not that we say we're better than white kids. We're saying we deserve exactly what white kids get. <laughs> Which is sold up the river by their politicians. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, that's the reality of it. But what we're saying is that black folks want the same treatment, the same access, the same uh, uh, freedoms. Not to be treated like third-class citizens. In a country we built for free against our will. That's what equity is about. That's what true social justice is. That's what true civil rights is. So anyway, 
The only thing I will, I will say that uh, Chris Cuomo at the end, he let Dr. West finish it out. He let Dr. West correct the record. So I'll give him props for that. But Chris, in the future, man, don't talk over Dr. West like that. You're better than that. You're better than that, Cuomo. They want to they do a hit, a hit job on Dr. West's integrity. Let them do it. Don't you be a conduit for that type of dastardly BS, okay? Don't you be underhanded like that. Let them do it. I know they're going to continue to do that. Because when Dr. West, like, they haven't even seen Dr. West really do his thing. And I know it's a lot of chittering and chattering about, oh, the campaign, the campaign this, the campaign that. When Dr. West is out on a stump, and this is what I want to see more of, when Dr. West is out on a stump, when Dr. West is in front of people, that's where he's his most dangerous to the, to the establishment, to the system. Like this. Get Dr. West out on the stump. Get him in front of folks. Get him in get him in town hall situations. Get him out at rallies. And the whole complexion of this, of this race will change. Because right now, Biden's doing bad. But it's not about defeating Biden. It's about winning the whole thing. And I still believe that Dr. West could do it. it said, they said Trump couldn't do it, and he did it. They said Obama couldn't do it, and he did it. You always got to punch his chance when you got to order like Dr. Cornell West. You're watching the Black Digital Television Network. Become a subscriber for the best in Black thought on the internet. We keep it 100 just for you. And remember, it's a new day. Accept no imitations. All right, let's keep going. All right, you guys with me? We got a couple more stories to get to. Um, I, guess this, I guess this next segue makes sense. So media trust is in the toilet. Yeah, most Americans do not trust their media. They do not trust corporate media at all. It's a new, there's a new polling out. Trust in media matches lowest historical reading. The poll came from Gallup. The amount of Americans who say they trust the media to report the news fairly and accurately has reached a new low, according to the poll released on Thursday. Only 32% of respondents in the Gallup survey indicated that they trust the mainstream media a great deal or a fair amount. At the same time, 39% say they have no confidence in the media. No confidence in the media whatsoever. This marks a new high and is up from 27% in 2016. So let's just pump, pump the brakes for a minute and wrap our heads around this. Only 32% of Americans 
felt that our media, you can trust them a great deal or even a fair amount. 32. 39% said they don't trust them at all. See, what they like to do is they like to say, folks, you got to don't consume this fake news on social media. The fake news on social media is so bad for you. It's so bad for you. You can't be trusting this fake news on social media. People like Tim Black talking to you. At the end of the day, Americans don't trust CNN and MSNBC and Fox and CBS and ABC and AP and all of them, HuffPost and Salon and Daily Caller, okay? They don't trust you guys either. Newsmax, News Nation. I'm, I'm just reading the Gallup poll. They don't trust the media. Republicans and conservatives have long voiced distrust in mainstream media outlets and alleged political bias in our mainstream media. Gallup survey reported among Democrats, the media is down 12 points. So, yo. Republicans have always had a negative opinion about our media. But now, Democrats are waking up too. And Democrats are saying, hey, our media sucks. I'm glad Democrats are finally catching up. Before I started doing this, this gig, before I started doing this show, guys, I was like everybody else. I report on news. I trust the news more. But you know how many times I reported a news story trusting the news report that I was given to the people just to have to come back and correct myself? Several times. And it would be people that you wouldn't think would lie. Like Associated Press. Reuters. Yeah. I tell a story and I find out they doctored it. I, I play a clip and then I find out it took it out of context. Now, I did it on accident. I thought they were telling me the truth. And then later I get it, I have to go back and correct it after I find out that it was BS. So now I gotta be slower <laughs> to put out content because I gotta go make sure I'm not being screwed. I gotta go make sure I'm not gonna give you something that I, got, I have to come back and apologize for. So that's why sometimes I'm a little bit slower now because I now realize you can't trust them. And anybody who reports news now should get that. Okay, it's common knowledge now. When we're talking 10 years ago, people didn't feel as badly, even in this, even in this poll. It's, been, it's down 12 points for Democrats since 2016. That's about the time I realized it. That's about the time I realized it. 2016, 2015, 2016, it matters because this is the only time in recent history that trust has fallen to 32% or less. Just think about all the times media has lied about stuff, all the things that they've covered up, the Ali North trials, the... the all the COINTELPRO nonsense, all the shit that went on in the 60s. 
when all that stuff blew up and it came out that we were funding Contra rebels, selling drugs to our own people. We were bringing drugs in to sell in the neighborhoods, the black community. America did that. It came out. Still, more people trusted the media. Right? Well, now things are different. Now things are different. So I ask you guys, some of you, well, how can, we, how can I say this? Um, I want to know what you think about the media, about corporate media. Do you trust corporate media? Has your trust stayed the same or has it, has it gotten uh, less? Do you trust them less than you used to? I think we pretty much know, that, know the answer to that question. I don't think there's anyone watching this show that's living in a bubble where they don't know that the media is corporate. It's corporate. So anyway, which means they're company people. <laughs> they want to keep a job, so they're not, you know, they're going to they're gonna do what's necessary for them to stay employed, to stay to keep the revenue coming in. So that's, that's pretty much how that shapes out. Face it. I'm your guy. <laughs> I will look, because if I'm ever wrong about something, I come back and correct it. And I go to lengths, I may be slower. So when you hear some crazy stuff going on, I understand you might want to hear it. You might be like, what's going on? You want to know about it quick. But remember, sometimes slow is better because you got you to gotta have time to fact check it, to make sure it makes sense, to make sure there's not other stories out there. And sometimes, guys, for real talk, I think they do it on purpose just to hurt certain causes. I know I'm going to get conspiratorial. I do that too. Sometimes I get conspiratorial, man. Sometimes, like, I don't believe, like, some there'll be a story about a black person being shot by cops. And I'd be like, huh. I want to report on this. But before I run down the hill and I say, hey, these cops has executed this guy. Let me take my time, do my due diligence. Then I found out the guy had a gun on him. I'm not saying he should have been shot, but what I'm saying is what they try to get me to do, and this is how I feel. I feel what, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get me to jump out the window on this particular story, and then when there was a story like Tyree Nichols being beat to death, or when there's a story like Tamir Rice, a story like Breonna Taylor, um, um, then you won't listen because I was wrong about the other one. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I got to be cautious because I think they do this on purpose. There's no justification for what happened to Tyree Nichols. Right? They literally beat the man to death unarmed. Half the time he was handcuffed. I think most of the time he was handcuffed. All right, I'm going to go. I got more stories to get to. But since we're being very serious and very heavy right now, if you're one of those people that say, man, it seems to me that America's come a long ways, and I think it's just the left, or I think it's just the hippies, or I think it's just the liberals who are just trying to divide us with this whole race thing. 
Yeah, sometimes I've heard some folk, folks say it. I think they need to really check themselves. See, just because it's something liberals are saying doesn't mean it's something that's true or not true. It means you got to check it out. Same thing almost the other way. When the conservatives are saying, hey, they're trying to censor away all of our comedy. They're trying to make it so we can't tell a joke. Don't just dismiss it. Look into it. What I'm saying is either side can be right and either side can be wrong. And once you know that and once you're open-minded enough to realize that, then we got an opportunity. Then we're on the right track. That's why I, That's my growth. I had to learn, I had to unlearn that this side is not the good guys and these are not the bad guys. They both got bad guys and they both have good guys. It's sprinkled all over <laughs> because they all got one boss. Okay? They got one boss. The money! But here goes some real facts for you. The racial inclusiveness. Racial inclusion. America's ranking of racial inclusion. Really low. Really low. The United States ranks 118th in the world for racial inclusion. According to the annual tally, mass incarceration, mass, mass incarceration, gender inequality dragged the U.S. ranking in Global Inclusiveness Index. So they got certain factors that they look at in order to determine where you are in your racial inclusion. In America's ranked 118th. <laughs> the U.S. underperforms on an annual list that ranks inclusivity is experienced by marginalized groups in countries across the globe. The Othering and Belonging Institute at the University of California, Berkeley, tallies every year an inclusiveness index after holistically analyzing the degree of inclusion and protections for marginalized communities. Listen, before you go to sleep, listen, listen, listen. This year, the U.S. is ranked 77th up from 72nd in 22 and 2021. Uh, the U.S. gets high rankings for general LGBTQ acceptance, 16th place. And religion, 27th, but ranks lower when it comes to race, 118. And 70th, 70th when it comes to gender. I'm sorry, 70th when it comes to disability, 108th when it comes to gender. The U.S. has a very high rate of incarceration, but specifically a very disproportionately rate of incarcerating non-white folks. So here it is, guys. America does really good when it comes to LGBTQ rights. But when it comes to racial dynamics, when it comes to, come on, we already know this stuff, right? We talk about it on this channel. We talk about the racial wealth gap. It would take almost 300 years for the average black family, average, to catch up to the average white family when wealth. Because you got a 300-year start. 
And I'm not surprised that America's not trying to fix it because America is a racist country. It just is what it is. Not every individual person is racist, but the institutions, they are racist. Uh, and with numbers like this, it looks like it's not going to be getting better anytime soon. Within the U.S., Hawaii, Maryland, and Vermont ranked as the three most inclusive states. Within the U.S., Hawaii, Maryland, and Vermont ranked as the three most inclusive states. There are only about two black people in Vermont. Now, I live in Maryland. I was born in D.C., but raised in Maryland. That's crazy. Who's ranked the worst? Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. <laughs> Who's surprised? These are also the states that did the most lynching. Florida has been in the spotlight for its efforts to restrict LGBTQ protections and gender-affirming care. It's ranked 16 in the country for inclusiveness, just above New York and Oregon which are 17th and 20th. At the bottom of the global inclusiveness survey rankings is Iran, followed by Yemen and, Kumaro, and the Comoros Islands. I don't even know where those islands are at, but okay. <laughs> it is what it is. So yeah, if you're thinking that uh, America's uh, yeah, America's doing a lot about uh, LGBTQ rights, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. What I'm saying is racial, I don't know, racial inclusiveness took a major hit. While other issues were put on the front burner, we put on the back burner. And so everything's connected, right? Everything is, nothing's by itself. So Black people are starting to, and they have been for a couple years now. It didn't just start yesterday. I say ever since 2008, 2009, black folks have started to drift away from the Democratic Party. They're starting to look at things and make some different determinations about what's going to be necessary to move black people up. Not just survive, but thrive. And they're not seeing that happen with the Democratic Party. And they're looking at these, they're not looking at these numbers per se, but they are looking at what's happening in the country, and they're saying, okay, we got to do something about this. So it's not all in our heads, is what I'm saying. It's not all, you know, somebody complaining about what's on TV, someone's complaining about whatever, who's playing what, who's on a, who's on a beer can. You know, they were, they were boycotting, like, cores or something. But I'm talking about stuff like this, because this is about jobs, this is about your pocketbook. Inclusivity is about where we rank as far as who's being incarcerated, who's not. Who's dying, who's not. Who's getting treatment, who's not. Who's getting loans, who's not. Who's being hired, who's not. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the things I want to focus on. I don't want to focus on who's on beer cans, who got to play, the 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 mermaid. Like that. I don't care about that. Who was in the commercial? No. Money. Economics. That's what my people say they care about. Economics. Okay?
Speaking of economics, <laughs> DJ Envy. <laughs> this is funny. Okay. So the Breakfast Club. DJ Envy on the Breakfast Club is in a in a little bit of hot water, it looks like. His friend Caesar Pina. And if and I don't know if you if you follow this or you don't follow this, I'm only talking about this because, well, it's important to talk about it. And I do have a point to this. But check this out. So DJ Envy brings on this guy. Caesar Penny, which is a friend of his, Pina, 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 Caesar Pina. He brought this guy on the show and said, this is my partner. We do real estate together. It's my guy. And they went around doing seminars where this guy was like teaching people how to like flip houses or something or join his fund and make money flipping houses for you. We'll do it for you. Just invest in our business and we're going to flip houses. We're going to buy houses. We're going to, we're going to, Rehab the houses, then we're going to sell them on the market, and then you're going to get paid. And that sounds like a good idea, I guess. I mean, if you check them out and make sure they got a good track record, if the money's, you know, how they're handling money, whatever. Looks like that's not exactly what happened. And now people are in court and people are suing. So DJ Envy is now saying, hey, man, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't decide any of this. Uh, my you know, my friend did it. I'm actually a victim of my friend because I gave him money of mine that he also invested, and I didn't get my money back. And now it's a big thing. Here's the here's the deal, man. Um, even now that DJ Envy has distanced himself from Pina, there are a lot of people who are who are out a lot of money, and these people are not rich. They like took all of their life savings, some of them, and put their money in. So, the people that put their money in with Pina and DJ Envy said they did so, most of them said they did so because of DJ Envy being a guy that they looked up to, being somebody that they knew or respected. And he's the guy, because they didn't know who Pina was. So, if Pina would have came to them on their own and been like, yo, I got an investment for you, they'd have been like, who's this guy? Who's this big pun-looking mofo? The only reason why people even paid attention to Pina is because of what? Because of DJ Envy. DJ Envy is someone that they know, that they trust, is somebody that they respect. He's been someone that they've been listening to, that they brought into their homes, sometimes in real life brought into their homes, like know him personally, or someone they've been listening to for the last 10, 15 years on 105.1. But... DJ Envy saying, hey, I'm not responsible. So here's my point here, guys. If you are an influencer and you're standing next to somebody who has a product and you don't check out that product and make sure that product doesn't screw over the customers, that's on you. If you are an influencer, Makes sense, right? If you are an influencer and you're stepping in front, you're saying, hey, this is my guy, and you're introducing him to people, you're vouching for him. Now, I don't know if that's a contract or not, but it appears that way to the people looking. So I don't understand how DJ Envy is now saying he's just a victim. No. You took this guy around. 
You advertised him. You brought him on your show. You brought him on The Breakfast Club. You extended him. You showed him to the world. It's your guy. And now your guy owes hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some say, what was that number? $100 million? We're talking about real money here, folks. Hey, $100,000 is real money for me, but I'm just saying. I think it's real money for all of us. But we're talking about the amount of victims, all the victims, all everything added up. Anyway, DJ Envy has not been charged. Let's be clear, DJ Envy has not been charged. What I'm saying is, when your friend goes down, now you're not his partner. But when things are going well, you were his partner. And I'm sorry, it's just my opinion. I'm not saying this is for a fact, but it's my opinion. I can't imagine all these people getting screwed out of money and no one knowing nothing until now. What I'm saying is, if I give you $100,000 or $50,000 a year ago, because that's how some of these investments go back three, four, five years, you cannot tell me people were not saying, where's my money before today or before whenever this suit was filed. People were saying that they've been they were getting screwed months ago. In DJ Envy, you did not step up. So whatever happens, it's on both of you. Because once again, if influencers want to pick, pick up money, if influencers want to go into business with folks and bring those people in front of their audience, you vouch it for them. And if you're not, I want to know in the videos or in the content where DJ Envy brought on Pina, did he say, hey, I'm not a part of this. This is his thing. Did he? Was he very clear? about not being a part of it? Was he very clear? Hey, I'm not vouching for this guy. Or were you hanging out with Big Pun, a.k.a. Cesar Pina, where you have him there with your arm around him, smiling? Well, if that's the case, I think you should be on the hook right along with him and make sure these people's money gets repaid. All right, that's it. That's it. I just thought about it. I got one. I got two more stories. One of these stories is kind of interesting. So I covered Sheila Jackson Lee, Texas representative with the hardcore mouth. Anybody saw that video? So I covered this uh, Sheila Jackson Lee last week. She was the, uh, she's running for mayor of Texas, Houston, Texas. That's what it is. She's running for mayor. And suddenly this tape arrives, this audio tape of her cursing out one of her staffers. Really, two of her staffers, but one of them is really catching the heat because she's talking directly to him. And she was saying some of the worst stuff, like blah, 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 just, just hardcore stuff. I'm not going to play that again, but if you want to see it, go check it out. Here's the thing. Sheila Jackson Lee with her horrible mouth. <laughs> Sheila Jackson Lee, who's, who I think is very abusive to her employees, and people didn't know just how, how abusive she was until they heard this tape. She's a really good friend of Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <clears throat> Sheila Jackson Lee is Hillary Clinton's hit person or something. So Hillary Clinton is out here campaigning for Sheila Jackson Lee because Hillary don't care 
what Sheila Jackson Lee says to these people? Hillary Clinton don't care what Sheila Jackson Lee says to black men. And I want to be very clear. I didn't say this last week. I don't believe that Sheila Jackson Lee will be talking that much track, that much garbage to little white girls. I don't think she would. And I got a feeling she saves, because I see these type of people before I work with certain types of people in my life. Well, they, they feel like they could treat black people a certain kind of way. And they don't necessarily treat other people that same way because they don't ever know. They never know who those other people may know. And there's also repercussions to that. If that makes sense. Hope that makes sense. I say all this to say, here goes your girl Hillary Clinton at a rally for Jackson Lee. And she gets interrupted. then you want somebody who's going to get up every day. Hey, Hillary, why is your husband visiting Epstein Island 26 times? necessary <laughs> no okay okay no it's not necessary but it's funny it's hilarious actually okay it's kind of hilarious you know look guys it's as funny as this is and it is funny there's two things i gotta point out first thing is this why there's so many black people in there shouting sheila why there's so many black people in there shouting sheila when she was just caught on tape Throwing black men under the bus like that, treating them like garbage. And if she was a white woman talking to black men like that, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's okay. Let's, let's go chant Sheila. So I got a problem with this. Where's the consistency? Where's the consistency, sisters? We get treated in any, any old kind of way, don't we? That's what it is. That's my first thing, okay? Second thing is this. As much as I feel you on the Epstein Island thing, Hillary wasn't at Epstein Island. Bill was. And that's coming from somebody who does not like Hillary Clinton at all. I was one of those people like, get out of here, Hillary Clinton, calling black kids super predators. But I got to be honest, guys. This big goofball here is at a rally for Sheila Jackson Lee and, she, and he interrupts by bringing up Epstein and about Bill Clinton. But Bill Clinton ain't there campaigning. Hillary is. And see, this, this is what I'm saying, man. Just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean, right, that you can lump them in and go after them on things they had nothing to do with. Hillary wasn't 
at the Epstein Island 26 times. Bill was. Now, I get your point. It is very hypocritical that Bill's not in hot water for it. And, and I don't know what happened to the book of all the names. That's a whole other thing, right? I don't know what happened to that. I got a problem with it. And as much, like I said, like once again, I, I, I don't want to be the guy that has to say this because Hillary is a pain in the ass. I'm upset with Hillary for a number of things. When she was State Department, she gave the go-ahead on Libya. The whole Gaddafi thing. I got a problem with that. Okay, I got a problem with the Clintons, the Clinton Foundation in Haiti. But she she was a part of that. And I got a problem with her with the whole super predator thing. And I got a problem with her with her public face and a private face, um, lying behind, you know, lying and pretending to be a person who's supportive of certain causes, but really not being that person. Like all these things make me like, like Hillary as an, as an individual. But those are criticisms for Hillary. So when we criticize a person like Hillary Clinton, we should stick to criticizing them. She's done enough on her own where you don't have to say, hey, Bill was at Epstein Island. What up? Because Bill's a cheater. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Bill's his own. So anyway, that's my point. But I, I, I found it funny. I found it funny. Um, yeah. Now, for some people, a lot of the conservatives, they're going, oh, man. Oh, man. Tim Black, you're not right, Tim Black. Why are you taking up for Hillary? First of all, I'm not taking up for her. I just said there's a lot of things this guy could have said. I wish he would have said the things that Hillary did, not the things that Bill did, okay? Because he was president. She wasn't, okay? She lost. So, and she wasn't on the island. Now, if you could bring proof or you can, there is proof Bill was there. Hell, there's a picture of Bill. There was a picture of Bill at Epstein's island that they had done of him there, like, it was there. So we know he was there. But here's my thing, guys. How many people remember Donald Trump giving Ghislaine Maxwell a pass? Huh? How many of you remember that? I remember it. Because I got then a good you memory. you want somebody who's going to get up every day. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison and so a lot of people want to know if she's going to turn in powerful people. And I know you've talked in the past about Prince Andrew, and uh, you've criticized Bill Clinton's behavior. I'm wondering, uh, do you feel that she's going to turn in powerful men? How do you see that working out? I don't know. I haven't really been following it too much. I just wish her well, frankly. Uh, I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thought that was kind of interesting. No, so so <laughs> this is what I don't like, right? Like I said, Trump's a funny guy at times, right? But he's also a hypocrite. Ghislaine Maxwell is just as bad as Epstein. She was grooming the girls that Epstein was taking to the to the island. So I don't know why she gets a pass. You know what I'm saying? She was actually a part of it. She was actually a part of the trafficking of young women. That's what Ghislaine Maxwell was doing. 
And then here goes Trump soft shoeing her and saying, hope she does, hope she's okay, hope she's fine, hope she's well. Nah, it's not. That's hypocritical as hell. But see, the people that like Trump overlook it. They overlook it like it didn't happen. I saw it happen. Do you think this big goofball that was at the, the, the Schiller Jackson Lee event, you think he would have been at a Trump event and called him out for that? Nah, because people are more about their side than they're about the truth. They're more about, you know, going after who they don't like and they're not about keeping it real. And that's what I got a problem with. That I have a problem with. Look, you could call out Hillary Clinton, you could call out Trump, you should call them both out. You can call out Bill, you can call out Trump. They were in the same circles. And that's the whole thing about the whole mess, guys. And this is what I try to get people to understand. You don't have a side to run to. You're not safe with either party. You're not safe with either any of these celebrities. You're not safe with them. They all are friends. They hang out together. Trump's and the Clintons. If you can't stand Bill Clinton, you, got, you should feel the same way about Trump. If you got a problem with Trump, you should have a problem with the Clintons. They were friends, went to each other's houses, they went to dinners a lot, they hung out with each other, and they parted on the same islands. Anyway, I'm just trying to speak reason to people because I'm tired of people just, you know, staying in a little circle and looking over at the Democrats, Republicans, look over at the Democrats and say, the Democrats are evil, they're horrible people. And they think my people, they think that their people are okay. Your people are not okay. Your people got a lot of problems too. They're just as underhanded and dirty as the Republic as the Democrats. And then I got the Democrats, they look over, look over at the Republicans, they go, these people are horrible, these people are disgusting, these people are, you know, are degenerates. But my people are good and they're not. So what I want my people to know, what I want my viewers to understand is both parties suck, Johnson. Both parties are corrupt. Both parties have sleazeballs and scumbags. And both parties are not doing, doing right by working people. And both parties have screwed over black voters. And both parties have been a part of the same shit system. That's what I want us to understand. So you, you, there's nowhere to run. I can't tell you to run to either side because both parties suck. And I say that not because it makes uh, it's cool, not because it's safe. No, I say it because it's the truth. I say it because it's the truth. So help me God, it's the truth. You have to accept it. They're differing varying degrees, varying degrees of horrible. You're going to find different things horrible about, about, about each party. And I think most people kind of get it. That's why the biggest group of voters in America are independents. They're neither Democrats or Republicans. And that's why 45% of Americans don't vote. And I'm not saying you shouldn't vote, but I'm saying don't be a fool. Don't be one of these people out here running around going, Republicans are much better. Don't be one of these fools running around going, the Democrats are much better. Republicans are racist. They both are. Republicans are sexist. They both are. Last thing. I mean, last week I reported on Jada Pinkett Smith in her book. 
Now we put it on the whole thing, and I said it was a bunch of, what is, what is going on? Well, hey, I feel vindicated this week. See, look, here's, man. I don't have a problem with people playing with the media. You know, people, the media, I just told you how the media is. The media is a corporations, are run by corporations that are in it for profit. We already understand that, okay? Whether they're reporting on a war or a genocide, they're looking at their profit margins. That's what they do. That's what. That's the problem with media that's run by big corporations. Okay, they're worried about their investors. They're worried about their advertisers. They're not worried about the truth as much. Okay, okay. Here's the deal. Jada Pinkett Smith is not the worst person in the world, and I'm not even blaming her for everything with Will Smith. But what I'm saying is, I don't like people who try to manipulate. Us. Because we all know this is a bunch of nonsense. I didn't like it when Kanye used to do this. Every time Kanye West had a new book coming out, or a new, I'm sorry, a new album coming out, all of a sudden he went on some sp um, some spiel, some spiel, rant, a rant, that's it. He went on some rant and dragged this all into it because he wanted to prove a point. Meanwhile, it was 24-7, Kanye, 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 Kanye. Okay. Anything to get attention so you can say, hey, by the way, I got an album coming out. That's the same thing Jada Pinkett Smith is doing. But it did not work for her. It did not work for her. Jada Pinkett's headlining making memoir is not selling as many copies as might be expected. Despite her eye-raising admissions in major interviews ahead of the launch, Pinkett Smith released her autobiography, Worthy, on October 17th, but the book is making little impact on multiple bestseller lists. So, uh, <clears throat> here it is. Uh, Amazon, for instance. Amazon's a good indicator of how well your book is doing. The world's most popular book-selling site. Uh, Worthy sits at number 81 on the bestsellers list, and at the time of writing, had gained only 114 ratings and 64 reviews. It failed to make the top 100. Now, when you talked about as much as Jada Pinkett Smith was talked about, when you on everything, I mean, she was on Good Morning America, she was on this podcast and that podcast. Man, she was, I'm surprised she wasn't on SNL. Spies, she wasn't on the Tim Black show. She was everywhere. And it did not help her because you know what? People are tired of the game. People are tired of it. So, uh, look, look. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying that she can't do what she does. I'm not saying that uh, she's the worst person in the world. But I am saying maybe it's a little bit of hope. Maybe some people are waking up to the nonsense that these celebrities try to pull on us, where they try to make us care about things we should not care about, trying to make us be focused on things that really are not worth our attention. Okay? She wants to emasculate her man for money, she could do it somewhere else. And if her man's going to allow her to, to emasculate him and not cut, cut ties with her, they could do that somewhere else. We got other things to not be paying attention to. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So anyway, 
Maybe now some of these celebrities will be like, yo, maybe I need to chill out. Maybe I don't need to put my whole life on front street. Maybe I can like, you know, just be good at what I do instead of trying to do a Kim Kardashian to jump the line. You know, like have a little substance. That's it. It serves her right. There you go. It serves you right. All right, guys. Uh, my name is Tim Black. This has been the Tim Black's Black Table. You know how to reach us. We're at uh, Join Tim Black to become a member of the show. If you, you watch this, you say, hey, go ahead, Tim Black. I like what you're doing. Become a member. If it's only five bucks a month, start you out. Become a VIP of this show. And remember, like I always say, don't let nobody take your cornbread. And when they say Tim Black, that guy, I think I've seen this show before. He's loud. He's he's uh he's mean, he's he's crazy. Just tell him. It's the new day. Hey fam, you've been listening to Tim Black's Black Table. Why not become a VIP member? Get exclusive content first. Find us at jointimblack.com. And as always, remember, don't let nobody take your cornbread. When they ask, why do you subscribe to the Tim Black Show? Just tell them it's a new day. This has been a TTL Media production.